Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase, every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to Star Talk. Your place in the universe where science and pop culture collide. Star Talk begins right now. Welcome to Star Talk Radio. I'm your host, Neil deGrasse Tyson, an astrophysicist with the American Museum of Natural History here in New York City. Come by, check it out when you're in town. I got with me the one, the only, Chuck Nice. Thank God. <laughs> Thank God the only, there's only one and only. <laughs> no, apparently there's not, because I went to find you on Twitter, and there's 22 other Chuck Nices. This is so true. <laughs> so, you're not the one and only. No, you're the one and only Chuck Nice comic. That's right. There you, you know, know of. <laughs> <laughs> I've got with me also in studio uh, Chris Emden. Chris, thanks for coming on to do this. Absolute pleasure to be here. I, I found you because we're, we're featuring clips from Jizza, yeah. the hip-hop artist, and this is your specialty, thinking about inner city... Uh, hip-hop culture and how you can actually parlay that into science education. Absolutely. Which is an awesome job. I mean, that's that's just, we'll clone you. We'll put you on the top of the list for the cloning. Then I'll be just like Chuck. You know? <laughs> yeah. There'll be 22 more of you. <laughs> I'm just curious, because you came to this show in a bow tie, in a jacket, yep. in a starched shirt, and a pocket. Pocket square. Pocket square. Pocket square. It's looking good. Yeah, when the last time I looked at folks spitting raps, they're, not, they're like pants are hanging low. Yep. So first, what's up with that? Well, you know, the thing is that hip-hop artists, like the most prolific scientists of our time, are very anti-establishment. So whatever the norm is in the world, they want to be the opposite. And so, you know, for a lot of young people, they look at who they perceive to be the most anti-establishment. Oftentimes, little folks who are in the criminal justice system. And so the aesthetic, like the look of the pants hanging low, is just from, from prison culture. Because they take your belt. Right, but the students don't know that. So they don't realize that the pants are hanging low because in prison, you're, you know, they you don't have a belt, belt, so you can't kill yourself, right. pretty much. And so that's why your pants are hanging low. Right. <laughs> but young people don't know that. They just look at, they just see the look of it. And then beyond that also, you know. Wait, wait, I'm sorry. Maybe I just never paid attention yeah. to the buttocks of prisoners. But <laughs> you haven't been to the right prison, <laughs> right, sir. Right, right. <laughs> but, but, but you know that, that's such a great I'm, point. I'm just saying. So, yeah. I, had I paid attention, you're saying I would have noticed that they don't wear a belt. They don't wear a belt. And they wear jeans in right. the many prisons, and so the pants just have to hang where they do. Right. And, and beyond that, also, be, but beyond that, the having the belt, so it's sort of in prison culture. It's also a sign show other inmates that you are available. Ooh. Right. With, with the okay. pants hanging low. But the thing is, that the young people aren't. They don't. They don't know the sort of the nuances of where right. that, that, that. The prison that, nuance. Right. right. The prison nuance. They just of, see what it looks like. They just like. see what it looks like. And it looks anti-establishment. It looks bad boyish. It looks, you know, it, it makes me look different than the norm. Okay. They wear it without knowing the history behind it. Oh, my God. Listen, I talk to young people all the time, and I say, Let, let's talk about this pants hanging low. Do you know where it comes from? 
nah, it looks cool. It looks well, let's cool. talk about where it comes from. And once I start telling them, they're not they too, are mortified. Not too thrilled by it. They okay. are mortified. Did you know that your pants hanging low is really saying to another inmate, God? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it might, it, thank you for this illuminating history of the low-hanging pants. Yeah. Uh, you know, in my interview with Jizza, I, I wanted to know the history of the Wu-Tang Clan because mm. he's one of the founding members. Let's find out what he tells us about that. Cool. Tell me about the, the a little bit of history of the Wu-Tang Clan. Wu-Tang is a group mostly from Staten Island, well, Staten Island-based group. Some of us are from Brooklyn. And we put an album out in 93 called Enter the 36 Chambers, Wu-Tang. And nine members at the time. Some of us had solo careers prior to that. So you were assembled out of the musical Just like a band. Assemble. Yeah. Many of us, childhood friends. And family. tell me about his influence. Very strong influence. Yeah. Very, very. How do you account for that? Other than just your, your great performance. I mean, is there some other, there's got to be something else going on there. Well, nine individuals. Because it affected. Nine different personalities. Culture. Of course. As though hip-hop took a turn. Well, every now and then, you know, history takes its turn. You know, you have conscious rap at some point. Then you have party rap, then you have revolutionary rap, then it comes back around again, conscious, party. And you would characterize... um, Wu-Tang was just as a group that was just, you you couldn't resist at the time. Nine members, nine individuals, different personalities, great music. We all had solo careers also. I mean, albums that were charting, four or five albums on the charts at the same time. It's a big explosion, it's a big bang. And um, the influences. So how would you say rap and hip-hop differed emerging on the other side of the Wu-Tang Clan compared to before? That's a portal that the genre passed through. I I think it's forever going through portals. It's forever changing. Um, Well, if it's not going through portals, it means people aren't as creative as they they ought to be. Or they're just going into certain areas they've never been and don't know anything about. But, um, I mean, it's forever changing musically far as corporate-wise, I mean, it's on a whole nother level as far as the money, the business side. But I think lyrically, it's regressed. What, what do you mean? On a, I mean, as far as the lyrical side of it, I mean, if you think of, if you take hip-hop from the 80s or this golden era, even in the 90s, and the majority of the MCs that were, that were out there, they were mostly lyrical. Even my first trip I made to the Bronx, one of my first trips to the South Bronx from Staten Island. Born and raised in the Bronx. Yeah. At, um, it was around 11. And we had two MCs in our whole borough of Staten Island. And when I got to the Bronx, a whole bunch of MCs. And I, I have this line where I say, I was born with the mic in my hand, and I took it from Brooklyn to the SI land. I pulled up on the block, got out the truck. It was the first of pit stops, the era of the spinning top, around the birth of hip-hop. That was something I had identified with, so I made it my point to exploit this fly gift. And me and the RZA made trips to the BX, a mass of ferocious MCs, town of T-Rex, giants in every ways, rap flows for every day. We knew we would get a reward with a price to pay. The basic training was beyond entertaining, just the cadence of verbal expression, self-explaining. So those are my early days of traveling to the Bronx, but they had this mass of ferocious MCs, and everyone was so lyrically good that... It only made us sharpen our sword. Nowadays, it's not like that. I mean, I, I hear stuff you hear. So they're not as literate? No. That's what you're all, saying? At all. Do they still have ideas? They just don't know how to express it? Or I, think, just I think many imaginations are sterile for, at the time. Why? At the, because you're not producing anything new. Like They don't have a muse. It's the same thing. The like universe is talking to you, and you're responding. Yes. They've got nothing talking to them. They just, no, they don't hear it. You know, when your parents say, you're not listening to me, you know, you know they're speaking, you hear the sound, you feel the vibration, but it's but not it's, resonating. That doesn't, doesn't get in there. No. 
So the universe is talking to you every day. Of course. Now, but not only the universe, the earth, people, planets, objects, beings. I'm I'm inspired by all. You know, I've once said, you know, in a lecture when I was speaking about inspirations, I can be inspired by the by the spider because his web is 50 times or 20 times stronger than steel. So that's amazing in itself, and, and I'm inspired by that. And I can write. So you have to know enough Brilliant. about the spider's web to even be inspired by it. Yes, but you have to be willing to, to you learn to be curious. Listen. Right, right, right. So there's a whole community of rappers who've lost their sources of creativity. That's got to be it. Yeah, and everyone is following. The majority is following. If it's 199 follow, only one raps in his own voice. So everyone is following, so it's the same thing over and over and so over. So we got to spread this... this uh, <laughs> And it's not really the story you're telling, it's how you tell the story. I think being in a club can be interesting, depending on what, you, what you're talking about. When we come back, more of my interview with Jizza and the banter consequential to that. When we come back, start. We're back on Star Talk Radio. I got with me Chuck Nice in studio. Mm-hmm. Chris Emden, yep. professor dude from Columbia University. Yeah. Thanks for coming into studio for Pleasure this. We're, we're analyzing the culture of hip-hop and rap. And your specialty is exploring how to bring science to the inner city in ways that are culturally relevant. Yeah. And, and that's that's awesome. Just give me give a, an example of that. I mean, you know, I, I'm just... Basing this on this, the last clip we heard from Jesus, this infatuation in hip hop with sort of completion and circular motion is, is really, really intriguing. The fact that when rappers get together, they engage with each other, they do so in what they call a cipher. And a cipher means that we have to position ourselves in a circle. circle right. And this notion of completion within our modes of communication and also completion and circular motion in the universe and in outer space. Some of this sounds kind of new agey. It, but well, it is, it is uh-huh. new agey. But that's how scientific thought has developed, right? Isn't it? You know, you get to a point we where. You need a fresh idea yeah, that exactly. can take you to a new place. Exactly. And, and that's what we're doing in the world of education. But at some education. point, you, you, your plane has to land from that. I mean, you got to land somewhere yeah. with that, all right? You land You got to land enough. on a curriculum. You, la- you land just enough to make some sense of what's just happened, and then you take off once more. Oh, okay. Mm. All right. That can work. Yeah. And so this... When does the layover happen? <laughs> <laughs> Depends on who you fly with. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in my interview with Jizza, he, he mentioned the five percenters. Yeah. Is this a cult? Is this so? I had to explore it a little, a little more. Apparently, it was started in Harlem yep. by Clarence thirteen thirteen X, who's a, a disciple of Malcolm X. Yep. All right, so this was the, would have been the Nation of Islam back mm-hmm. then. Is that what they call them? Right, the American local version of Islam was American local version of Islam was the Nation of Islam. The Nation of Islam it, it's a, could be described in some way as a splinter group. Splinter, yeah, I guess. Right, and you can sort of describe the five percenters as a splinter off the. Splinter. Splinter. Oh, a splinter? Right. I don't and know they, if it's good or bad, but... So it, they're the toothpick group. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, gotcha. Okay. We had the splinter group, and then now we just... Mm, I'm a five percenter. Okay, so they, called, so they were otherwise known as the Nation of Gods and Earths. Yes. I have my notes here. Yeah. I, I got to try to understand more about that. Wait, so if we do the math right, they asserted that only 10% of the people in the world know the truth of existence. That's right. 
85% of the world want to keep 15% in ignorance, right. but there's only 5%, 5% left. Who are the, 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 the upper echelon, those who are who become self-aware, who have knowledge of self, which has actually been added on as one of the extra pillars of hip-hop. So hip-hop is rapping, MCing, b-boying, and uh, what's b-boying? DJing. What's b-boying? b-boying, you would know as breakdancing. It's commercially known as b-boying. I, I would know, excuse me. Yeah, you know, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> trying to play you, you know. But so, and then, and then, and so those are the four, the four elements or four pillars of hip-hop, and knowledge of self be, has become an extra pillar of the culture. And that's a, an Well, old, it's a good thing. Yeah, yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's, it's paying respect to the influence of the five percenters on hip-hop culture. Okay, let's find out what Jizza says about this. All right. Because I, I wanted to know how that played with spirituality, because he cared much about this. And I come to it as a scientist, and sometimes the intersection of those two can produce great art. So let's find out what Jizza tells us. So tell me about the five percent. The nation of the gods and herbs. Yeah, I, 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 it's, it's mysterious to me. Well, five percent nation is the nation of the gods and earths. It started from Clarence. Gods on earth. Gods and earths. Gods and earths. Yeah, you okay. call it the nation of gods and earths. Five percent. Yeah. And five percent of what? Well, five percent represents five percent of the population of the planet. Okay. That knows the truth about certain things and not mystery worshippers. Far as worshiping a mystery god or a god that you have to die to see in order to be able to see him. Okay, so with we, gods on earth, they're there and yeah, just tangible. Like it was gods in, in Egypt, you know. Among and, um well, you know, and, and this was this was started in the sixties. Who who started it? Um Clarence thirteenth X Smith. Okay. That's his name. And um he was part of the Muslim mosque and he left For the nation of Islam. Yes, right, the right, nation yeah. of Islam and he left and he took some followers with him. Well started, he left from the nation of yes, Islam. And started, so it's a spin off. Yes. Okay. And um, you know, took some of the Muslim lessons, the alphabets and all that and started teaching the youths in the street. They People were, never happy with the religion. They, there's always a split. <laughs> Look at the history of religions. Yeah. But that's why there's so many religions, right? You start with one, oh I need I got feel a little differently about it. Let me go this way yes. and that way. Okay, so how many are part of this? Um, I, I, I mean, I can't tell you. The, I couldn't tell you the numbers. I mean, is it a hundred, a thousand, a million? Probably several million. It, uh, worldwide? At this time, yeah. Okay, so you associate with this? Yeah, from my early days. Okay, so what, is it do, what does it do for you? Your creativity? It got me where, I'm, where I am now because it all started with us studying lessons. And we would study our lessons, some of the lessons related to earth science, like what makes rain, hell, snow, and earthquakes. That was part of the quest. From early days, you know, those one of the so lessons. So there's an academic curriculum yes, involved the, in this. the circumference of the planet, you know, light traveling at 186,000 miles per second. These were some of our lessons that we, we studied coming up. So kind of gave us an edge on being lyrical with the word play and flowing and just knowing things word for word, you know, and started us on our venture to learn more about the universe. So forgive the word, lessons. but it's kind of like a baptism into the natural world. Yes, it is. Yeah, baptism to the natural world, the way of life. Uh, not a religion, though. This 5% group, it's a, it's a philosophy. Yeah. And you say it's not a religion because religion normally there's mystical beings yeah. that are praised and... Right, and, idols that are worshipped. Uh, and that sort of thing. That, that, none of that is in this. No. It's just about uplifting the youth and, and teaching them that they are great and God is within yourself. As opposed to somewhere out in the clouds. Where, yeah, you can't see or somewhere in the clouds. and On Mount Olympus, wherever. Yeah, and how everything is within yourself. And so that can be a powerful philosophy for someone who doesn't think they're worth anything. They're on the street. 
that would be a great philosophy for someone that doesn't think they're worth anything, only if they believe it. Well, some do, right? I mean, some don't get out. Yeah, some don't. Well, I'm, I'm heartened to learn that the natural world can serve as a force of good in this way. Most people that I know who come up, you know, there's their life and their religion, and then the natural world is something else out there. And they don't see themselves as part of it. And your, your lyrics and just your tone and everything you say makes it clear that you are part of this world, and the world is becoming part of you. Yes. Together. <laughs> One. <laughs> no, that was some deep stuff. That Absolutely. is some deep stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. What's your reaction? What's your reaction? You know, to me, it just reaffirms the deep connections between science and hip hop culture. I mean, this this sort of philosophy of hip hop, a philosophy. In this case, it was nature. When yeah, you think nature. Of it that way. But I mean, you know, let's let's think really quickly about you know folks who, who developed philosophies of science, like the Coons and the Polanyis of the world, and the way that they position science as you know this sort of elite group and the folks who make the decisions for the rest of the world, and you know that aligns to a five percent of view of of hip hop. Mm. And so so you have those corollaries philosophically. But then also in the, the nature of the interactions of the five percenters, it's a sort of a distinct language. Science for many people is really all in the naming, right? But by identifying a certain practice. Is Pluto a planet or not? Right. No, no, genuinely, right? <laughs> right. Or, or if I have a, a certain way of knowing and being and, and existing in the world, it can be either pseudoscience or science based upon whether or not my theory is accepted by a set of peers who accepts that as or, scientific. Or, no, However, no. there is some what? empirical evidence that must it's not whether it's, you it's vote just, that something's true, it's whether the experiment's true. Right. Well, so, but the, but the, so the theory exists, and the empirical evidence supports the existent theory. Okay. And then it becomes a valid theory. Yes, Right. correct. Now, within... Because you can invent anything you want, but, right, but you, you nature is the ultimate arbiter. There. Right. Okay. And, 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 that, and, and that sort of, that, that model, if you look within hip-hop culture and what the five percenters produce, it's, it's really exactly just that. So there's a, there's a theory for how we look at how we exist in the world that the God is within the human being. And so if that's the case, then you have, then they provide the followers with evidence to support the fact that the Asiatic man is, is God over all they contain. Now, it sounds kind of pseudoscience and weird-like, but the process for validating that way of thinking is inherently scientific, i.e., I develop a theory, and then I find the empirical evidence to support the fact that that theory exists. Right, but you got to be careful, because if you can be so committed to an idea wanting it to be correct... Then right. you'll try to prove the idea. You'll, you'll, you'll force yourself to come up with the answer. Right, right, right. And you, and you, you, you dust under the rug those things that, that don't that fit don't your idea. contrary. There's a lot of that that goes on. Everywhere. 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 Right. And then, and then like, like, for instance, mm. the theory that I am a one percenter when everyone <laughs> knows that I'm broke. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Wait, so if this five percenter uh, movement is successful, mm. then they're no longer five percent. They're like ten percent or fifty percent or a hundred percent. Right. But they don't have a movement. The, the quest eternally continues, right? So, and, but and no, once they can tell everybody that that it's within everybody and no one is withholding the knowledge. I think it's an acceptance acceptance of the tension that will forever exist. Mm. So that makes the supposition that there will always be 85% of the people who are just ignorant. It, it, it does in many respects, but the quest of the person who has the knowledge is to always ensure that you pull as many as possible into the fold. I mean, there is there is a tension that you can never resolve. Okay, right, okay. In it. But, but I, again, that's inherently the nature of science. Whether you're a family vacation traveler, business tripper, or long weekend adventurer, Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. 
And that's good because there are a lot of me's. Choice Hotels has over 7,400 locations and 22 brands, including Comfort Hotels, Radisson Hotels, and Cambria Hotels. Get the best value for your money when you book with Choice Hotels. Cambria Hotels feature locally inspired hotel bars with specialty cocktails and downtown locations in the center of it all. Hey, that's me. Radisson Hotels have flexible workspaces to get the most of your business travel and on-site restaurants. That's me, too. And at Comfort Hotels, you'll enjoy free hot breakfast with fresh waffles, great pools for the entire family, and spacious rooms. Hey, that's me, too. I guess I'm just going to have to stay at all of them. Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. Book direct at choicehotels.com, where travel comes true. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. We're back on Star Talk Radio, and I've got Chuck Nice here and mm-hmm. uh, Chris Emden uh, down from Columbia University. Yep. Thanks for coming. Uh, Chuck, I just had to just quickly say, you've got a show. Yes. You just bust into people's homes and talk about that it. Is, that is exactly what happens. I can't believe there's a show with that title. Yes, I don't even is. want to believe that. Home Strange Home. <laughs> on, on Home and Garden. On, on HGTV. HGTV. Every Friday at 9. You are not so not coming to my house. <laughs> because I don't know if the camera's behind you. I'll be there whether you want me to or not. Talking about strange people with their strange homes. <laughs> Damn. Not even the home is sacred anymore. Well, we'll so look for that Friday nights. Friday nights. All right. I'll be All watching. Right. Uh, so, but that's not what we're here talking about. We're talking about the hip hop culture yep. and Jizza, featuring clips from my interview with Jizza. And uh, you, were t- you were getting so, in the previous segment, so mm. deep into the sort of philosophy of the five percenters. And from where I sit as an empiricist and as a scientist, it looks a little out there. Yeah. And I got to like pull in the reins a bit so that it can actually confront reality. Mm-hmm. And Maybe you gotta float before you land. I, uh, I'm okay with that. Yeah, it's it certainly is a case of floating before you land, right? Because at the end of the day, you need a, your your science educator, mm-hmm. your si- uh, education professional. It's got to land as a curriculum somehow. There's got to be some lesson plan. Absolutely, that comes out of this this talk. Yeah, you know what it is? Is there has to be an appreciation of the complexities of the culture in order for you to be able to use it. And I, there are a lot of folks who do hip-hop education. They do rap education. They have no idea about the five percenters. They have no idea about what, what the experience is like of, of youth in urban settings. And so in order for me to do this kind of work, to connect young people to science, I have to ensure that I'm deeply immersed in all of the culture. Okay, so, yeah. you can, so you're not taken by surprise. Right. And you can tap it if necessary. Absolutely. If it's fertile. Exactly. Right, right. Exactly. Right. And, you know, I'm curious about uh, role models. I think the concept of role model is overrated, yes. personally. But because you can be inspired by anything, yep. whether or not it's a human being, and nor should you be so invested in one individual that you're committed to everything they do, right. spread it out, do it a la carte, yep. uh, is how I think about it. I spoke with Jizza yep. about what does it mean, Does because he clearly is a role model to some people, just how does he react to that? I'm going to read you a uh, posting on our, on our Facebook page, Michael Rafales, if I pronounced that right. As a teenager, so we solicited inquiries, because they 
they knew we were going to be on Star Talk. As a teenager, it was not my school, but it was Wu Tang who taught me the idea of knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. It was because of this idea that I went into physics. I'm now a high school science teacher with a passion for sharing my love of science and improving science literacy. Wow, that's great. With that going on, I'm I, I'm not even necessary. <laughs> Let's do more of that. What what do we need me for? If you can sing, you could your influence does this. This is all we're trying to do here. I think that's one of the unique things about being an artist is that you have a voice that people hear and listen to, so it's important to say something that's important. How many artists you know I mean? don't? 99 out of 100. So if your audience are not just moving to the beat, they're being philosophically schooled, schooled in a good way, not in the abusive way. Right. You got schooled. Philosophically schooled. That's a whole other understanding of the role music can play in our lives, isn't it? I mean, think about it. Most music, nobody is saying, I want to play this so that I can, my mind can be in a new academic place. That doesn't happen. Well, I think some musicians think like that. Well, they, they can be in a new musical place, but, right. it, but it, in, in, a, in a scholarly place? Right. The, the person here telling me he's a, he's a physics teacher in high school because he listens to Wu-Tang? <laughs> I don't know anyone who's listened to any other performer who could make that claim. No one said, Elvis, you know, I became a science teacher because I listened to your song. This, this just doesn't happen. So have, have you fully embraced the power over, over life's trajectories that you might actually be wielding? Yes, I have. I mean, that's just one story out of many. I mean, I've heard, I've heard several, several stories throughout the years just about the influence that Wu-Tang has had on two generations now of people. People that started with us, grew with us, and then their children or their nephews or nieces. So it's like a whole nother generation of kids that's listening. Um, I'm honored to be part of that. That's, that's a great thing. Wow. So I, I have to tell you, before I might began my interview with Jizza, I had no understanding of the magnitude of their influence. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. like I said, if it's one thing to say, oh, I was inspired to stay in love or to break up or to be happy today because of a song I listened to. Right. Nobody talks about pop music as something that sends them back to school. Right. So how do you, do you, that must make you feel good. As Absolutely, a, as I love it. Educator. Confirms everything I believe in. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> everything. Yeah. But it makes sense because if you think about it, kids, when they listen to hip-hop, they listen to it over and over and over and over again. And as they start to do that, they start to recognize what these words are saying, right. and therein lies the inspiration. Right. Particularly if a young person is listening to a rapper who is pulling from different spaces. And so I'm, you know, it forces people to want to study. You know, if you, if you listen to a Jizza and he's talking about the cosmos and he's talking about stars, he's talking it's about like, the whoa, universe, he's talking about... Right, I'm memorizing the lyrics and all of a sudden I want to understand it. So it's inspiration to then learn more. Absolutely. There it goes. More on my interview with Jizza when Star Talk Radio comes back. This is 
Star Talk. We've just returned. I'm Neil deGrasse Tyson. I'm here with Chuck Nice mm-hmm. and Chris Emden. Thank Professor Chris Emden. Chris Emden's fine. Uh, boat, <laughs> boat tied donning Chris Emden. He's got it that he tied it himself. I still am learning to do that. I'll get lessons from you later. Um, I'm amazed that you're wearing a bow tie and you're here advising us on the hip hop <laughs> culture. Because I don't know that I've ever seen a bow tie on anyone spitting a rap. Mm. So, uh, have you? Have I spit a rap? Have <laughs> <No, no, no. laughs> <laughs> I seen other people? <laughs> where, all it would no. take is for you to spit a rap, and that would... We, we just need more stylists in hip-hop, and this will change the whole thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, we talked about Jizza as a role model in, in previous segment. What intrigues me is what role science and the themes that we discover as scientists have played and can play in the creativity of artists. Mm-hmm. And I had to get Jizza's reaction to that, so okay. let's see what he says. First, I make music for myself with the hopes of other people liking it and accepting it and embracing it. But I'm not going into the studio with this idea of that I want to put out a song that's going to draw in all ages or not let me put this in a different way i don't i don't go into the studio thinking about making a club song or a club hit and hoping that a whole bunch of club party goers will you know like this song it's not done like that it's done from here first for myself then it's put out and then hopefully it, it, it reaches others and they that can just learn means you're a pure artist that's what that means you're not you're doing it because it's in you not because it's been required of you Two different products come out of those two possibilities. Mm. I think it's it's about becoming one with whatever you do or your music. You know, like when I watch physicists or astrophysicists speak about the universe, and say, I mean, they're so excited, excited about it, enthused about explaining it, and they have this passion and this for it. That's how, that's how it is with writing and lyrics. <laughs> So I, I, I like that. I mean, at first I think it's a luxury for an artist to just create art mm-hmm. without reference to who's going to buy it. All right? And so if he's just creating art and he's feeling the universe, the universe is going to show up in his art. Yep. Is that right? You, you agree with that? Absolutely. That, that, it works. So, so we ought to take all performers and give them science class. <laughs> just, just up the chance that maybe something might happen in their creativity. By the way, there's already some of that, mm-hmm. but it's a little more explicit. Do you know the Galaxy song from Monty Python? I don't think I do. Yeah, yeah. it, it, it gives data on the universe. It gives the age of the universe, the speed oh, that Earth that is going. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, and there's another one about the sun. The sun is a ball of incandescent gas. So those are explicit science right. songs, obviously, right. and they're fun. There's the Element song by, uh, what's the guy's name from Harvard? Um, uh, the guy, uh, uh, Timothy Leary, right? Uh, okay. So that he, he recites all 103 uh, then-known the elements, elements right in a song. He rhymes them. Yeah, that was a challenge. <laughs> no, so that's obviously, that's a different kind of creative process. Right. It's not so much from the soul as it is, here's a lesson plan, let me hand it. So, so we, but, but I think all of that can play a role. Yeah, right? the, the explicit connections allow you to be able to have a command of the information you're given in the moment. Right, so if, if the goal for you in your science class Did you is hear to, that sentence? The explicit, the explicit I'm sorry, I'll slow, I'll slow it up. When, when you make no, those, that was a great sentence. It was a great academic sentence. It's an excellent academic sentence, all right. That was an academic sentence, yeah. I love it. So let let if I if I'm really if I'm really like clear about giving you the scientific information, that'll only get out of it 
you will only be able to get back to me a specific set of scientific information. Yes. So if I, if, if I create a periodic table rhyme, you will know all the elements on the periodic table. Right. Would you, you wouldn't necessarily be intrigued by the periodic table. You right. you'll get, want, and you'll get them in rhyme order. You'll get in a, not, not, not in, a, in an appropriate order. Not in order yeah. for Thomas. The halogens number. will be there, here. You'd be like, what the heck's going on? And right, so, right. you know, the explicit connection, it fosters the type of education system that we have, which is really a banking model. I deposit information, you give me back information. And if we if we have a schooling system where that's the focus of science and the that's the type of model, that's what we get. Right? That's what we get. The more implicit, the more the more implicit connections where you you, you you make these connections for the young people, but you don't give all the all the information in between. What Jizza does when he's taking these disparate ideas and making that into rhyme, that forces the person to be curious, want to explore on their own. They will still be able to give you the core information, but it fosters the creativity necessary to become a What you're saying, if you get handed information and you're supposed to spit it back for an exam, there is no occasion to be creative about it at all. At all. But you, you, and you end up being a successful science student, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you'll be a successful scientist. Nor a, a creative artist. Right. Ooh. That makes sense. It's like teaching a child the ABCs. Right. But you, you can sing that ABC song all you want, it doesn't mean you can read. Right. You know, that same rhyme is to Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star. Did you know that? You know what? That's the first time I made that connection. <laughs> no, you sing ABCs. Uh, we'll go out with Twinkle, Little Star. How I wonder where you are. Star Talk Radio. We'll be back in a moment. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah. That's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome back to Star Talk Radio. I'm Neil deGrasse Tyson, your host. I got Chucky Nice here. Chuck, What's up? Loved having you. And Chris Emden, thanks for coming down from Columbia to do this. Pleasure to be here. Put an academic angle. A little spin on it. A little spin <laughs> on our interview clips with Jizza. And this is our last segment, and I'm, I'm sad because yeah. I wanted this to just keep going. And we, one of the important points you made in the last segment was that you can just learn information, spit it back, you might even get an A on the test, yep. and you'll be rated as a good student. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, where's your creativity? And creativity comes from putting together pieces of information that you were inspired to explore further. You, you agree with this. Absolutely. And so what I know as a scientist, and what I think some people also know is that the, the universe can serve as a muse for science because there's a lot of information out there yeah. that is still in need of connectivity. Right. right. I still need it. I still want it. And so I spoke with Jizza about, you know, how science factors in to his creativity. And let's start, let's go early with this clip and see what he tells us. What's your favorite science concept that, that keeps coming back to you when you're penning lyrics? could be an idea or an object or a thing. It's just how everything is connected. Because we are connected. Yes. I mean, it's, it's all amazing. And it's so it, it inspires you because it's amazing and so it inspires you. 
so now I worry that if you learn so much about it that it's no longer amazing, will it stop inspiring? I don't think I can ever learn so much about it. I mean, because we learn it every day. Even with physicists, y'all discover new things. Yeah, every day. All the time, y'all. y'all Crazy stuff, y'all too. build stronger, more powerful telescopes, and y'all going further back into the time. And the particle accelerator, yeah. And exploring new things. So, um, okay. I don't think I can ever learn. So the universe is your muse. I love it. As, as, as I think the universe has been for many artists of late. I get a phone call every couple of weeks. There's an artist who's designing a sculpture for a city, and they want to align it with the sun. It was a star. And they're feeling the universe. And there was a day when artists, there was other things inspiring artists, but not science. So do you think it's because science is more accessible today, that it's reaching into the soul I of think, the artist? I think it's more accessible. I also think that... Um, People are learning more and more about themselves and their connection with the universe. So, Jiz is a deep guy. Yeah. Much deeper. I, I'd known only very little about him. I read his bio before I started the interview. And I came out saying, wow, if every artist were this uh, moved and inspired right. by what they wanted, by the messages they want to deliver. There'd be a lot less crap on the radio. <laughs> That's definitely true. <laughs> Or not. <laughs> right? Yeah. Or maybe there'll just be more intelligent crap. Yeah, look, right. you, there is. <laughs> because I, I think about it, I say, look at all the ways a person, someone growing up, they're exposed to advertising, they're exposed to TV, they're exposed to movies, they're exposed to... And if everybody had a mission statement that we want to be more educated at the end of your day, mm. that's a whole different world we're yeah. talking about. Yeah. And, but you're at the pulse of that, yeah. right? And, and that's what I find most fascinating about it. Because you wrote a book. What's the title of that book again? Urban Science Education for the Hip-Hop Generation. Urban Science Education for the Hip-Hop Generation. Yeah. So that's for, I guess, other educators. It, it, it's for educators. It's, it's for anybody who's intrigued about how, what connections are there between hip-hop culture and science. Because they're going to presume none up front. Uh, absolutely. Right. I always get that. What the heck are you doing? Right, yeah. Right. Makes yeah. no sense. You right. know, I get that. You're actually promoting this? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God, man. Yeah. Well, okay, so maybe... Maybe the next book would be promoting science in country western music. <laughs> Don't stop it, no, hip hop. No. I mean, you know, I think there's, the, the, but the, the thing about hip hop is that it's so deeply connected. I find. I mean, youth who are immersed in hip hop culture, you know, we're, we're having this conversation about Jizz and how insightful he is and, and how deep he is. And I go into urban public schools every week, and I meet at least five Jizzes every week. People who, young people who have the potential to have that type of deep insight. Um, and, and that, I think, is what's most fascinating, that by, by virtue of being a piece of hip-hop culture, they, they develop a way of thinking and knowing and looking at the world that can very easily be aligned to So your job is to alert that teacher to take note of that if they see this yeah, evidence. Yeah, watch that. Look, look at that. Don't miss that. Don't beat that out of that person, you know, because if you do... That then, th- th- see the thing about schooling as we know it oftentimes is that it do- it just doesn't foster the creative mind. It's the Einstein story all over again, a million times over. You know, the most brilliant scientists of our time, you know, darn darn near flunking out, and that model continues today. And I mean, look at Jizza. And I, I hate to bring up a story in detail. This is a guy who you, you... You got 30 seconds to bring it up in detail. Brilliant, intelligent, right? Didn't get an opportunity to complete school. Why? That's not a, ver- a function of his intelligence. It's a function of the inability... Or his for motivation. The, or his motivation. It's a function of the inability for the school system to foster it. So what you're saying is our school systems are failing. <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, I hate to sum it up yeah. like that, but, <laughs> but the, the, our, our school system is failing. And but but if it focuses more explicitly on culture, there's a, is a, is a, is a, is a there's possibilities for us to reframe it. See, with Chuck's case, the teacher didn't beat out of him when he was cracking up in class. You no, see, exactly. that just stayed with him his whole life. <laughs> and that, and I am highly rebellious. <laughs> We got to wrap this up, Chuck. Thanks go. for being a, a, again on another episode of Star Talk. As it. always, I love it. Neil deGrasse Tyson signing off, telling you all to keep working up. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.